Time to abandon ship. Can I persuade you to join us for a drink? It's a tradition. Here, here. Jar Jar, homie, my main man. Quickly, before the Separatists attack, get into the escape pod. Hey, this is escape. Then where the pod? Get the Bounty hunting is a complicated profession. You want some soup? Don't you agree? Another happy landing. All right, welcome back, uh, Blake and Reed. Howdy, howdy. Hey, man, good to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, it was good to have you guys back. And uh, as always, there's more Star Wars chat to go around. <laughs> uh, yeah, new... we've, been, we've been lucky lately. Lots of stuff coming out. Oh, man. Tell me about it. I mean, I guess the group of us have been pretty busy, too, of putting together these commentary tracks uh, at the same time as these uh, Mandalorian after shows. And, uh, you know, uh, what's next? I don't, yeah. even, I don't know. What's what is next, actually? <laughs> uh, have they announced anything? I don't think they have, like officially. Like they've they've named some of the things they're working on. Yeah, but um, there's no announced like release dates or anything. I have a good feeling the next time we do any kind of Disney Plus sit down and uh, and review is going to be uh, for Kenobi. What do you think I it's think. Kenobi? It might I, I was thinking it it'll pro be. probably be uh, the other one or, they're working on, uh, or, um, Rogue One. Uh, yes, yeah, or that, or oh, actually, you know what? Uh, it could be uh, the Bad Batch animated series. That's oh, that's right. I completely forgot that they said that's, they could do that. That's a possibility as well. Just, yeah. Yeah, I'd probably say that first because I think they pump out the animated stuff faster than live action. They do. So, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I would mm -hmm. probably put my, my money there. What's the deal with that? Is it supposed to... Is it prequel era or is it post? Uh, it's uh, it's about the Bad Batch after episode three. Yeah. Okay, so it's after yeah. three. So, yeah, it's after Clone Wars, but after... Or, sorry, after Clone Wars, but before Rebels. Yeah. Before uh, Rebels kind of, as well. Yeah, so it kind of fills the... So it's basically... Rebels took place really close to episode four and clone yeah. wars took place uh really close to you know well between like yeah, wedged it, in between it, two and three yeah yeah and the it's bad batch is gonna three. yeah bad batch is gonna be like slightly past three uh probably even before like the whole jedi order like the the fallen order game picks up like that's like five years okay. later and solo and kind of thing i think bad batch is gonna be even before that so Man, they're running out of timeline space there. <laughs> oh yeah, I think it'll be cool though because like this is also when those Darth Vader comics take place, and uh, I know Reed, you've, uh, yeah, you've read those, right. right? Like, have you got have you both read those? I've read some, but not all. I think I, I read the first the first release stuff. Yeah, I haven't read the second season or however they call it. But Reed, you you read 
those those ones, right? You... Uh, I don't think I've read all of them. I've read whichever ones like you let me borrow. Like I can't remember what the last one was that I read. Yeah, I think I think that was it. Yeah, it was just like those those four uh, those four Vader comics, right? And oh, then okay, yeah. Maybe or then or maybe the it. yeah, I think that was it. Picks up right when Episode Three like ends, and then yep. goes forward from there. Yeah, so I think that's that's basically when the Bad Batch show is gonna like take place, like right after. But uh, yeah, so uh, this episode was pretty interesting. Um, it's uh, did anyone? It was chapter ten. D- did you guys get the title? I I totally blanked oh. on the title. The passenger. Uh, the passenger. Yeah, passenger. that's right. Yeah, I remember seeing that the first time. Yeah. So honestly, like compared to the first episode, not as much happened. Um, so there's going to be a little less to talk about here. No, but... and it is it is shorter of an episode as well. Like, yeah, I was like gonna say like less. yeah, ten or fifteen minutes less, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a few things though that came up, which, uh, which I kind of jotted down, but, um, did any of you guys, uh, catch the couple blaster bolts that hit Mandalorian in the head? Um, and they ricocheted off? Yes, because it's come up before a few times now, uh, with us in conversation, mm-hmm. uh, whether or not in canon, the Mandalorian's helmet's actually made of Beskar or not, because I know that you pointed out... Uh, that uh, in the expanded universe, uh, they were not made of Beskar. No, they weren't because they weren't able to actually like fabricate the metal into that sort of shape because right. it's such a dense steel. So they mm-hmm. could only do like plates. They couldn't do anything that'd be kind of like dome-ish, or, like something uh, small enough that would fit around uh, someone's head. Yeah. So it makes me wonder, I guess, is this now confirmation that it kind of seems like it? I would say that it it seems more likely that it is than it isn't now, but that yeah. also raises the question then, the one piece of armor he didn't replace was his helmet. Mm-hmm. So does that mean the helmet was Beskar before? Because the rest of his armor wasn't. I think so. When uh, he also had the one the one shoulder pad, I think was was Beskar, and then and then when he gets all the other now, stuff. The, he the gets first it. thing he gets is is the pauldron. So oh, is it? when, when we oh. very the very first time we meet him at the beginning of the very first episode. None of his body armor is Beskar. And by the yeah, end of the first episode, helmet. he gets one shoulder. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So that yeah, then so, still leads to the helmet being the only thing, which... I, yeah, I guess it is. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about that one? Uh, to me, that seems weird that he would have had a, a Beskar helmet to begin with because <laughs> it's such a rare metal and like <laughs> nothing else on his body is that. And does that mean all the Mandalorians, all of their helmets are Beskar, but the rest of their body maybe isn't? Like, makes like this weird gray area. That's just it. Like, I don't, I don't really know. And then it also, when you put his helmet next to Boba Fett's helmet side by side, kind of thing, it makes Boba's helmet look like such an old design, like. Uh, I don't know. I, the the shape, the way it like mm. flares out at the bottom a little bit, because I noticed that amongst the Mandalorian crew, they really kind of adopted the whole. Um, this is a, this is a a, a creed, and uh, you know everyone's got their own set of armor, and they kind of almost well, Mandalorians are always like that. They've they've always been known for painting their own gear and kind of being like unique in design. Um, yeah. Though I think yeah. just. As far as the art style that we saw through like the 90s and the 80s, they mostly stuck to relatively the same kind of 
overall like uh, like manufactured design. I think that was just an artistic choice at the time. EU EU has always had like a whole bunch of different types of armor, like stylized types. And we really learned that in the Clone Wars series as well, because when we meet the Mandalorians, they all have different helmets, right? Yeah. Um, actually, in the Clone Wars, it, um, the Death's Watch in particular, they, they've always got the same the same stuff. But I think it was like Star Wars Rebels, which started to kind of diversify them a little bit. Well, the, the main woman, she has a custom helmet. Oh, Bo-Katan. Like the, the girl. Yeah. yeah, so she's got a different one, uh, which is kind of more tailored to, to female mm-hmm. uh, Mandalorians. And then um, when Maul takes over, they all customize their helmets again. They do, right? yeah. So they That's add true. all the horns and stuff. The The shape and the general sense of the armor, though, was was basically all the same, like across the yeah. board. I think um, that's just a budget thing on the maybe on yeah. the creative side, honestly. I think I guess, it's more that than anything else. So, like, it really, this show is kind of the first show to kind of canonize the whole, the whole fact, the visual aesthetic that these Mandalorians are basically like the way that our real-world costume group works, you know, yeah. Mandalorian mercs. Like, they all have really... Unique. Nice, unique armor sets, yeah. and and and. Uh, I mean, and that fits know. the whole Mandalorian like type better too, right? Because they're supposed to be like essentially like Vikings, so they're they all live in clans and they raid and stuff, and they're they're like they have a war culture, so they're like they're soldiers at their base, so like they're farmers and soldiers, right? You're not just yeah. one job; you're going to be something and a soldier. So everyone has their armor, and it's always been. It's very clan based. Usually, your armor is a si- like signature of what clan you're from. Mm-hmm. At least by color is normally what it is, and then you're uh, you're left to be creative upon yourself, unto yeah. yourself. Inter- yeah, interesting. Um, anyway, the, so that that was basically the first thing that I caught. At least was uh, just to kind of round trip it. Um, was that I guess now it's confirmed. This helmet is best guard. I mean, it well, it seems like, like it. Armor. I mean, you could also just argue that it's it is a different metal, but at the same time, it's just like we finally see armor that does something. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> so, for sure. Yeah, I'm still uh, on the fence just because of the. I would say based on that one shot, it is best guard, but because of the fact that he had it before everything else, when he didn't have any best guard, seems less likely that it is. So. Mm-hmm. I'm going to wait for Pablo to say, yeah, yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> You're like on the 98.9%. Uh, yeah, I could go either way. Uh, Storyline-wise, from what they've shown us, I would say it shouldn't be. But So you think the, hel- the helmet would come last when it comes to, to Beskar? I, again, it depends if they're sticking to the EU original typing, which was, it isn't. You can't make them. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, what did you guys catch as far as this first episode goes? I got a few more, but we'll kind of just popcorn it. Uh, well, I was talking to you a bit about at the beginning of the, of the, uh, I was watching it there about the fact that he, they kept that droid just like in a bundle inside the ship. I guess happened. They, uh, I guess Mandel like shot him and blew him apart in the previous season. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess just conveniently left the uh, the droid just hanging there in the corner for you know who knows when you'll need it, and then lo and behold, it shows up being needed for a translator in this this episode. 
Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I thought that was I a little think, co- a little convenient, but I thought it was funny. I didn't I, know if that was like premeditated or not, or if it was just like, ah, oh, what can we use? Oh, there's that robot. We'll just say it was here. Yeah, like, and we were watching the the intro, which with the uh, the flashback, and I'm like, I saw that's the very first scene we see is that droid, so I knew it was going to be relevant for some reason. But I couldn't even remember if it actually happened in the last season or not. So I'm like, did they just like add the scene as an excuse? Like, yeah, I know. I guess I guess it was it was kind of I guess it felt out of place because it was like the one shot that was from the previous season. But um, I, honestly, I'm super glad that they brought that character back because. Uh, Richard, uh, what's his name? Richard Ioad or something like that? Okay, um, I'm not sure. It's A-Y-O-A-D-E. Ioad? Um, anyway, he is, uh, he's the actor that plays that droid, and he's a British comedian. Actor. Yeah, I recognize the voice. Uh, yeah, so the crazy thing about this character is um, uh, one, one of, one of the, the funniest comedy british comedy shows i've seen at least in my opinion was uh the it crowd i just really thoroughly enjoyed that show oh and yes kane i know exactly who we're talking about that's yeah, hilarious like fluffy hair glasses. yeah yeah moss yeah moss yeah morris moss yeah so um so the thing about this character which is pretty crazy like mind-blowing fact nobody's gonna care about this except for like you and me maybe but uh <laughs> when we did uh so read just to fill you in uh, like a, a couple of years ago we did uh, a Star Wars role-playing game, and uh, it's called uh, Edge of the Empire, um, except we kind of modified it a little bit, pushed the timeline towards uh, after Episode 6, around this time, like around, uh, uh, and I called it Aftermath, the whole, uh, we had a, we had Wes actually host the, the he D, uh, GM'd the game, so it's around the same timeline as this series. And I made a droid, which uh, was kind of stylized after K2SO, but uh, when I role played as this character, um, uh, which I called uh, Chip C H One P, I actually like used the voice from Morris Moss from the IT crowd. That's hilarious, yeah. And and yeah, and and uh, I think when when uh, Bryce asked me about it, um, I, I I confirmed him. I was like, yeah, no, it's total. I, I'm totally basing this off of like I'm taking K two S O and then and then Morris Moss from IT Crown merging yeah, them into one. together. And yeah. then the episode that this droid shows up in in the first season, it just blew my mind. I was like, yes, <laughs> like I should be on like the casting team for Star Wars or something. Oh like, man, they, like, they stole <laughs> your idea, man. It, they still they totally did. They totally Kathleen did. Kennedy an angry letter. <laughs> This is like this is how many years ago now? It was like tw- uh, like four uh, was, years was ago. Like, no, that was the one that you GM. Wes's was ago, like maybe? was like two years. It wasn't too, super long ago. It was, was in your your new apartment. Yeah. You should no, just I, straight up sue them. Really? The yeah, we did it. We did it in your new place. Claim uh, it must have been when I, when I first bought it or something. So yeah, maybe 2017, 2018 or something like that. Yeah, but, there you uh, go. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Anyway, it was it was pretty crazy. So I was like, man, that's like such a great character because like I've always loved the the actor and I think he's a perfect droid, like perfect. Yeah, it's true. Um, I mean, his voice just goes with it so well because like this kind of like nasally so British accent. That, it's so naturally yeah. droid. Yeah, it's just perfect, right? I mean, so, it goes to show like in the episode we hear his voice and like. It's so fitting. I recognize the voice from something, but I can't even picture what it's from because it just fits in so well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
So I was really stoked that they actually brought him back just for even a voiceover to do this this little droid hanging on the wall thing. Um, but I'm hoping I, I hope we that, find out there's like an entire fleet of them and they all have yeah. Moss's voice. <laughs> I hope so because I mean, because Ty- <laughs> Taika Waititi uh, plays the uh, IG-11 assassin droid from the first season and then he comes back as well. Yeah, and, uh, and Taika plays a great droid. He's as well. He's he played an awesome assassin droid, I think. Um, but uh, you know, there's such great droid characters. I like. I, I really like droid characters. You know, um, at least good ones, right? Not not uh, <laughs> not visual aesthetically pleasing yeah. ones that sell toys, right? Like uh, you know, it's like you don't it's like your, nice... your dios. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like I mean, yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't care about the do. It's like it's maybe if it wasn't just... voiced by JJ, you'd like it better. No, I don't even care. Which one was that one from Solo? Oh, Oh, man. uh, L3. That's it. Yeah, Yeah. L3. L3! (laughs) Just the most painful. Yeah, she she, L337. um, And, uh, excuse me, I think she was played by by, uh, a very famous actress. Yeah, she was. Who I'm totally blanking on her name now, but she's also a British actress, a British actress, uh, <laughs> and um, uh, she's actually had something to do with with Star Wars before, uh, if if I'm not mistaken. I think she was involved with uh, some sort of production thing, or or maybe it's maybe I'm thinking of another movie, but uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure off the top of my head. Uh, L3 droid actress. Let's just look this up. While you're looking that up, I just wanted to mention that they took a Force Awakens alien, threw it in the beginning there. I wasn't expecting that. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, the yeah. little, the, the junker guy. Yeah, the guy um, with, like, the steel claw face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, exactly. uh, it's the same alien as uh, when we first, like, when we just meet Ray and she's, like, cleaning up the uh, the, the scavenged parts, and that... This alien is like the same one, like shows up next to her and like just shoves her for no reason. Like, (laughs) (laughs) and he's just left like, what? (laughs) Yeah, 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 totally. Uh, I wonder if it's it's intended to be the same character. I was questioning that too. It might be, well, we know what happens to him. He falls to his death, so probably not. (laughs) Maybe it's his cousin. Oh, yeah, right. Of course, of course. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, he's dead now. yeah, I do want to point out. I thought that was really clever. I I was not expecting that. I thought he was actually just gonna let him get away, and he just like shoots him off into the sky in the jetpack. Yeah, 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 totally. I thought that was good. I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, the, the classic move where you like see the characters just like watch them go up into the sky and then fall back down. Phoebe <laughs> uh, Waller Bridge, uh, and I'm thinking of. Uh, Sorry, I wasn't. The, it was something not Star Wars related. It was uh, 007 related. She recently was a writer for the oh, right. screenplay mm-hmm. of uh, No Time to Die, which is still uh, going to come out, which will be the last Daniel Craig film. But yeah, she's been involved with that one. So uh, I mean, the last one was going to be the last Daniel Craig film. Yeah, the, the last one before that was going to be the last. Yeah, I think Skyfall Craig, so. was supposed to be the last one, wasn't it? It was the last one for the time being. Yeah, and then Skyfall was, was the done. first last one. <laughs> Yeah, oh, what is it? I didn't even time. realize that. <laughs> it's like, yeah, because like usually a... they're in threes, right? 
yeah, I guess that's true. It's like all the it's like all the diehard movies, you know. It's like oh, there's another one. There's another one. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. Jason Bourne. It's like oh, there's another one. Oh, that one doesn't have Jason Bourne in it, but or, it's or, named Jason Bourne. No yeah. Rambo. Rambo. Uh, Rambo. <laughs> Rambo, uh, Rambo is almost as bad as the Rocky movies, man. Oh, Rocky, I, yeah. And then with the Rocky movies, they end up just spinning it off and changing the title of the film. They're like, it's Rocky, but not because they got a new guy. Yeah, yeah, Freaking. yeah. Creed. Oh, yeah, gosh, that was great. Films, but um, uh, I, I just love all the familiarity when it comes to this show in general i mean uh, it's it makes me think of that when uh, when i see familiar droids like uh, the treadwheel droid uh you know that's that's made appearances ever since empire strikes back uh mm. you know showed up in the clone wars quite a few times um but uh you know it's just it's just something something very uh, very much in the spirit of original star wars uh, is that you have all that all that same content in this show and uh, seeing the Moss Eisley mm. Cantina again, you know, uh, yeah, very, I totally very agree. Cool. Super cool. It makes it. It's a lot. Some people say it makes the the world smaller, but if, if it's done right, it doesn't have to, right? Like, yeah, exactly. we've now learned that Tatooine only has three places to go to, one yeah, of like which three, has been yeah. erased from the map. So, yeah, people are gonna run into each other there, right? Like, exactly. it's not that yeah. big. So it's yeah. not like you're on Coruscant or something. No, and it's like it's a it's an outer rim planet, and it's a dust ball. It's not exactly like a a hot spot to go. I mean, it's more populated than a place like Jakku, but it's it's still it's not like uh, <laughs> it's nothing crazy, you know. Like I mean, the biggest event of the year that happens there is the Boon to Eve, I think, and uh, you know. Well, we do learn actually there. There's quite a, quite a few people. I mean, the crowd was quite large. Yeah, and I think it's people that come in from maybe other planets. Off planet, like that. yeah, could yeah. be. Yeah, but um, uh, so this is like an interesting planet that I think you asked me about this, uh, Blake, when we were watching the thing. Uh, you asked me if it was if it was if I thought it was Hoth because they don't exactly confirm exactly what planet they don't this is. Say, yeah. No, and it does. It's a it's a wintry planet with snow well, and ice, and we and, should be able to find out just by figuring out how close it is to Tatooine, right? Because if you left uh, yeah, from yeah, Tatooine, so. then whatever the next planet over, that's a snow planet, and that's what it should be. I don't think <laughs> that's Hoth. I think, you know, I'm just throwing that out there. But my guess is like a Star Wars map or something like that just online you can just check out? Oh, yeah, there's a map of the galaxy, man. Like, there's... Seriously? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah, it's been around I've a long got, time. Dude, I've got an entire book called uh, the Star Wars Atlas, which has maps like to like on every page like just like of about different little like clusters and and uh the regions and and then it gives you maps based on like the history of like the expanded universe timeline uh it's, it's yeah it's there's crazy. people that go really hardcore into that there's there's uh, oh, been a yeah. lot it's been flushed out a lot i'm curious oh, how yeah. much of it is still canon though yeah it makes me wonder it makes me wonder i think um i think as far as uh the location of of uh naboo Sorry, uh, I'm I'm looking at the map as I'm trying to find the words to say. Uh, Do we know which now? direct? Where? What planet was he going I'm to looking again? For, I'm looking for a Tatooine. He was heading towards Trusk. Oh, here we go. Tatooine. I found you at Tatooine. Trusk. So it's in the bottom bottom right hand corner of like the overall 
kind of the galaxy map on on in this book. I don't see and, Trask. Uh, it's very close to Geonosis. I think it's a new planet. Christophysis. Um, I think oh, Hoth is, is in... right next to Tatooine. That's interesting. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, they confirmed that in Attack of the Clones when that's why the whole reason why they go to rescue Obi Wan without uh, the rest of the Jedi because uh, they're so close, right? Um, Padme and, and Anakin. That is. Yeah. But, um, no, I don't see. I don't know where Hoth is on here. I'm not entirely sure. I I don't think it's nearby. Doesn't doesn't look like it. Okay, I wouldn't so, have thought it would have been. I think Hoth is supposed to be even farther away, was my understanding. But at least it's somewhere very isolated. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but uh, if it is just some some interesting ice moon, then then cool, uh, whatever. I guess it doesn't need a mm-hmm. name. But uh, then I started doing some cross-referencing because I was like, okay, there's these spiders on the planet. It's got to be something, yeah, know, maybe... Well- I f- they they look the same as the other Ralph Macquarie spiders we've seen, right? In Rebels. I'm I'm glad you brought that up because uh, the ones that we see in Rebels are the exact same as the one in this show. They're called the the Krikna. Um, okay. They're uh, predatory, non-sentient spider-like creatures native to the planet Adalon, which uh, the pl- the planet Adalon was um, in the Lothal sector. Showed up in Star Wars Rebels. It's where the the Rebels like. Uh, went in in one of the episodes or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was after they left Lothal. They landed on that planet that was overrun by those spiders, and they needed to keep them away yeah. with, with the transmitters. Yeah. Yeah. They they had like a gate of like transmitting devices that uh, kept them kept them away. But uh, so that's where the, the rebels hide out for a while. But that's a not an ice planet at all. So it, it, I guess these Krykna managed to also settle on other worlds as well. But um, of course, we've seen how they possibly could have gotten off world <laughs> yeah uh but uh but yeah these these are based on a concept art by ralph mccrory uh which uh, was originally done for episode five and it was a, a dagobah life form called the knobby white spider mm. which uh first appeared in kevin j anderson's 1995 star wars legends novel called dark saber and uh, the illustrated star wars universe book as well so hmm. um yeah, this is also a basis for the spice spider and the ice spider, which are very much. Oh, okay. So the ice spider is, I guess, just an offshoot of the same exact species. So is that what this is? What we just saw, ice spider? It's being referred to on the Wikipedia as the ice spider, but it's 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 definitely supposed to be the same realm of creature. Yeah. Okay. I mean, um, they look the same. They have like a central tall body with legs sprouting out from the side so yeah they look like they're not identical. like traditional yeah. bug shaped yeah i'm pretty sure this was they're intended i think to be the exact same thing because i mean you know dave mm. did rebels he's, he's involved with the show too so it makes sense they probably think yeah. like what could we use and then dave suggested this but i have to say i was really impressed with the way they did it because i got like mad like alien vibes from it the alien franchise <laughs> yeah and it was, was so hilarious. well done man with, like the kid like going up and like opening the cracking it open and yeah it, just like, open the spider egg opened almost the exact same way as the ones from the alien like the yeah, alien ones like a petal open, right like, like a flower yeah exactly like yeah, the eggs Reed, like blooming or whatever Reed, yeah. Reed is a big uh, Reed loves the alien I love he's a big yeah. fan he's a big fan so good like yeah, like i was I, half expecting the face huggers just like jump out at the kid <laughs> honestly i would have dude i would have been so excited if that happened i mean they're super <laughs> creepy like 
sci-fi horror creatures and stuff, but that would have been the greatest franchise crossover of all time in my mind. <laughs> I think there's a lot of people that have thought about it, like fighting like the alien of like lightsabers and stuff. Oh, 100%. That would be so cool, man. Oh, my gosh. Like Dark Horse or something's done it. They've done Indiana Jones, Star Wars crossover. I'm sure they've done Alien. Yeah. Honestly, man. Gosh. <laughs> so man, cool. They just used it so well. And you get all the eggs, like, shifting and, like, peeling apart all at once. Oh, like, it oh, just so makes creepy. you so uncomfortable. Because, I mean, like, anyone, anyone that's, like, you don't even have to watch any of the alien movies for that moment to make you uncomfortable oh man yeah just, I, just the like, wriggling oh yeah it's so <laughs> gross like there's nothing like you i mean we see him pull the spider out and just start like munching start on the it. things yeah it's the spider legs hanging out of his mouth <laughs> it's just like wow so you're already grossed out and then just yeah. seeing all of them wiggle like ugh, oh, so man. gross yeah um, I think yeah, the 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 gross factor in general of the fact that he actually eats one of these things is it's cringy. I want to know what he won't stuff in his mouth. Like I want there, uh, I yeah. want them to like draw the line for us in an episode and just show something that's just so completely nasty, and then he just like he either goes full bore, just stuffs it down his throat, or he rejects it. Like I'm waiting for that moment. <laughs> Yeah, he spit yeah, out yeah, a frog yeah. one, suppose after the kids were all like scolding him. Yeah, they were like, no, gross, ew. Yeah, right. he felt bad and he spit it out. And now, like, now oh. we see him eating spiders, unborn <laughs> spiders. Yeah, just like, and shamelessly sucking back the offspring of the freaking the frog. frog lady. Yeah. Oh, yeah. These are the last of my family line. <laughs> <laughs> and the kids just eating them in the background. You're just sucking them up like eggs or something like that. Oh, Dude, man. Having a bowl of jelly beans in front of him. He's like, um, nom, 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 nom. I, I love that the second time we see him do it, he's like hiding under a blanket too. So, like, they can't see what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then when he whips off the blanket, he's just like startled. Like, just like, like oh, I've been caught. <laughs> oh, no. How many did you eat? Yeah. Then... <laughs> it reminds me that like a kid who gets a bunch of chocolate and, like hides under their bed covers so they don't get caught. Or dude, yeah. Oh my gosh, <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah, yeah. hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. Honestly, I'm a little disappointed that they didn't have the frog lady like point out like it looks like there's less than there was before. Right? <laughs> and then now people are like, nah, you're crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I kind of wish that she at least like gave some sort of like confused look when she gets the jar back. Something, yeah. She's like, Rrr? like, you know. Weigh it or something like After that second time that the child like starts like eating them, like he makes a big dent. There's got to be at least half missing. <laughs> yeah. Like there's yeah, a lot sure, gone. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot less. By yeah. the end, there's like six, and they start like thirty. Just wipes out <laughs> half of a generation of their, their offspring. <laughs> I, oh, I gotta, I gotta say, uh, the cameos that showed up in this film, uh, both done by Dave Filoni and an actor who goes by the name of Paul Sung Hyung Lee, um, which is uh, he's known for Kim's Convenience. Oh, it is him! I kept thinking yeah. that it was him or not, but I yeah. couldn't with the X-wing helmet and everything. I'm like, I couldn't quite tell, and also he didn't have an accent. So, because in yeah. the show he's got a really heavy Korean accent, so I'm like. 
because he has a perfect American accent here. So I'm like, I can't quite tell if it's him or not. I, it looks like him, but I'm not quite ready to say it is. So Dave Filoni's character, I guess, uh, is, his character's name is Trapper Wolf. Uh, you know, to go uh, go along with Dave's uh, obsession with wolf. His name is Trapper um, Wolf. Trapper Wolf. Oh yep. my goodness. <laughs> Dave, Dave, what are you doing to us? Man? I know, like, I know. It's it's yeah. Uh, so the last time, the last time we saw Trapper Wolf was in uh, episode six of the first season, and he uh, cameo with two other directors from the series, uh, Rick uh, Fam Famo Yua um, and uh, Deborah Chow, and uh, the three of them. Uh, blew up that uh, that space station that uh, the Mandalorian brought the the prisoner that they actually referenced in this in this episode the one that said they said he uh, uh, kidnapped or liberated uh, or yeah. Liber- yeah something like that uh, but and basically replaced with the three other people that he dished behind the cell uh, so that actually got him out of this mess that that you know he was almost nailed for but. Um, I thought that was like a nice little callback because I was always wondering like what they would do with that that story and like what kind of consequence would come out of that. And uh, it turns out that that little that little act that he that he did um, kind of saved his skin in this in this episode from the the New Republic. But uh, I don't know. It's it's kind of cool that Dave Filoni actually shows up twice at this point because yeah, it's like a reoccurring X-wing pilot, I, I guess. Yeah, I, I always thought he was just going to be like a one-off kind of like he's in this yeah. episode and that's it. But he was actually – he had a decent amount of screen time and he had some, some lines. So yeah, yeah, well, we mostly heard the guy from Kim's Convenience, which by the way, I looked it up and uh, it is filmed in Toronto. And the actor who is same as the Mandalorian, he actually is from Calgary. Oh, really? Yeah, I, the, I, uh, I read online anyway. Oh, interesting. I did not know that. Yeah, uh, but most of the lines were from uh, the Korean guy. Yeah, Kim yeah. Song. Yeah, he was. Well, he's like the, the he's the actor, you know, the, the yeah. real actor. Yeah, of, Dave of only two. had like one line. <laughs> yeah, which was yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah can we uh, switch to channel switch three? Over to, yeah, <laughs> just switch over to channel two. Like <laughs> they should have made it more whiny. It's like, eh, you know, <laughs> just like <laughs> real wanna, obvious that it's Dave. Yeah, you, like, you want to switch over to channel two? <laughs> and then when he's shooting the spiders, like takes off his helmet, like puts on a cowboy hat. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that would be amazing. Like, just just straight up Dave Filoni, like in the show. Like, <laughs> Dude, that'd be so funny. I gotta so call good. him like, or, Trapper Joe. Or on <laughs> on his, he's got like a he's got like a Cad Bane sized sized cowboy hat that he whips out. Like, <laughs> I would not be. Surprised. Or maybe he's got maybe maybe some uh, cowboy hat emojis on his X one helmet, like right in the front. That'd be that'd be pretty good as well. But. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Did you guys get anything else? Or, uh, I don't know. It was, it was a pretty non-eventful episode, but still cool. Well, it's funny because like, it it's fun to watch. And uh, it, it didn't have a lot of like major story points. Like Once we got onto the ship and like I guess after the whole X-Wing thing, there wasn't a lot of like particular story right. parts wasn't that happened. It wasn't even that much dialogue, action. really. Yeah. No, it wasn't. Like, it was pretty quiet overall. Yeah, because I mean like right away it's like I don't know how to talk like or speak your language. It's like okay, yeah, so and just like, well, a few times he'll yeah. answer, and then they just kind of sit there, like, 
and then yeah it's then it's the spider sequence so it's just like pew 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 and that's about it that's about it like it was a good episode yeah 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 it was a lot of fun i enjoyed it a lot Uh, something i noticed though is like his ship is like super destroyed at the end oh yeah yeah big time and i feel like this has happened multiple times in this show and I don't know where it keeps getting all the money to repair it constantly. I have <laughs> that's no that's gonna idea. cost a lot, right? I, like, I have no idea. But uh, in the next episode, uh, I believe it's going to be on uh, whatever Sea World that they showed in the trailer because there's a few trailer shots where you actually see those frog people on that planet, and I think it's going to be the Jurassic, same episode. I think it's called. Uh, in, oh, in the in the next episode. Yeah, the oh, planet's called. I don't think Jurassic. it. I don't think it will be. Because remember, in this episode, they talked, or the the frog gecko lady talked about how hard she and her husband have worked to get away from their own kind. So I think when they get there... Well, she said it's the only habitable planet for their kind. Oh, is that what she said? I thought she had said that they were trying to get away from their kind. No, it's the only habitable (laughs) planet for their kind. Interesting. Oh, okay. I also wanted Never to point out it. that that spider like smashes the windows. The big spider smashes like the glass. At least we hear glass yeah. noises. I don't know how they fix that. that yeah, like how do, he's like, oh, like, all I can fix is the cockpit to pressurize. But yeah, and it's all the he has is like a, broken. It's, yeah, it just has like a welder. So yeah, I, mean, I guess you could use transparent steel, but like. Can you weld that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't it, know it, yeah. Maybe he's got some sort of like stuff that he sprays and it seals or something i have no idea yeah i mean space works differently in star wars from from what we come to understand but uh yeah yeah like he's able to take a ship that's totally wrecked like through atmosphere (laughs) oh yeah right it's like oh like i'm pretty sure you'd be uh burning up and exploding but you know whatever star wars i'll let it go (laughs) see i like to think that the consequences of having his like beat up ship is is going to leave some sort of story point know, later some yeah exactly it's yeah gonna leave i hope so i hope they don't later. skip over it because that kind of happened in the first season right like his ship mm-hmm. gets like torn apart and then i guess we do learn that they repair it and then mm-hmm. doesn't it i'm pretty sure it gets destroyed again and then it's just like fixed after that yeah it, it makes me wonder as well because we've seen boba it makes yeah. me wonder if maybe they'll have a team up and then we get Slave One again. Maybe, That'd be cool. Maybe that ends up in his hands and that's the new ship. I don't want him to drive the Slave One, though. I really don't. That's... Yeah. Well, do you want him to kill Boba I, Fett? I, would... yeah, I want him to kill Boba no. Fett. Well, Zach, I, wouldn't... I want them to show down the Dex Boba Fett one, Boba Fett one shot yeah, and Boba so... Fett's just done. He just, like, screams and falls into an- another Sarlacc pit. Goes, yeah. <laughs> goes Indiana Jones, like, like Boba Fett wields out like a stick or sword thing or whatever, or even the dark saber, like whips it out, like wields it around and stuff like that, and then he just draws his blaster, <laughs> shoots him, and then he falls back. Oh man, yeah, super Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah, just like yeah, totally. whatever. No, like, I would actually, I'd actually really like it if he had to help. Uh, he actually had to help uh, Boba get the Slave One back. So, like, because they're both Mandalorians, and they help each other out, and then put possibly a team up later or whatever, right? Yeah, it makes me wonder. Um, I don't want the Mandalorian to drive Slave One. I think that they really Wait, just make a Mandalorian. 
Well, he's a clone of a Mandalorian. Django? Yeah, well, Django, Django in the Clone Wars, they kind of confirmed that he's actually, Django's not really a Mandalorian. He's, he's kind he's of... He's the armor. He just wears the armor, yeah. So I wonder if in this show uh, that they in the might... EU, he actually becomes Mandalore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder. I wonder if in this show maybe they'll they'll uh, clarify some things as to because that that was the words of the the uh, prime minister of Alderaan at the time, uh, who was also kind of a scumbag. So you know, maybe maybe he was lying. I don't know. Right. But, yeah, it's uh, true. Yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, we'll wrap it up for the for the week. But uh, I guess we'll see you guys on the next one for the next episode of uh, our Mandalorian after shows. Yeah, yeah sounds man. good. I just yeah. want to do a quick shout out to the frog lady and her quick hopping to get away from those spiders. That was hilarious. That was that was such a great <laughs> moment. Like I did not expect. That. <laughs> Made the episode. <laughs> yes. So good. Well, that is the uh, chapter 10 of uh, Star Wars The Mandalorian, uh, which is out on Disney+. Plus. That was, a, that was a pretty interesting episode. But anyway, thanks, guys, for tuning into the show. And uh, we'll see you next week, of course, for uh, The Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 3, Chapter 11, Episode After Show. And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the commentary tracks. I know uh, we get pretty heated when it comes to uh, some of those sequel stuff, but... Uh, you know, we had to we had to get them all. It was uh, it was a marathon through the whole thing. So, uh, you know, leave us some feedback. Let let us know what you think about uh, about the commentary tracks about uh, about this series as well about the Mandalorian. Doing the after shows, uh, we're going to get probably another voice or two on the show as we go along. As soon as the schedule opens up, we're going to be recording these on a different evening so it might actually work out that we've got a, a little more life happening around the escape pod uh, other than just myself and uh, Blake and Reed uh, because uh, you know it's, it's it's good to keep things interesting uh, get some variation in those voices out there but uh, if you guys want to send us in some feedback uh, tweet us at SW escape podcast emails the escape pod at outlook.com Send us a voicemail, and uh, we'd love to hear from you and hear your voice on the show. So we'll see you next time, and may the Force be with you.